Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to another exciting episode of Between the Lines. I'm your host, IBK. We've got a packed show to talk about today. Um, it's a lot of conversations to have. Um, league football is back. We're going to be talking about it. The usual suspects continue to do. Um, we Football mourns the loss of um, one of my news greats. Sir Bobby Charlton, arguably the greatest English player ever. We're going to be touching on that. We might touch on the NFL and what's happening, you know, in the NBA preseasons. But let me start with um, let me start with the lady in the house, Lisa. What's up? Um, yeah, I'm good. It's it's been that weekend. You know, it's just it's just a good thing that um, league football is back. Honestly, that's okay. It's good for me, but yeah, um, and I'm also glad to be here. And of course, now I am Arsenal. I just made my day yesterday, so in a way, it was it was fun. And then the fact that United won, it wasn't a convincing win, but I mean, I'll take the win anytime, any day. And yeah, that's all. Follow. Welcome back. First yes, time you know since you've been a father. What's up with you? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, uh, it was good this week. This weekend, um, Salah doing what he does best, and uh, we are top of the table for like two seconds. And <laughs> but it felt good that those few minutes topping the table. You know, still regretting what happened against Tottenham, but you know these things happen because we also were very very lucky. Konate had. Uh, yeah, exactly, and um, got lucky, but you know, that's it, that's the game. Uh, you have to just um, try your best, but it's good to have a clean sheet. And um, next game, um, in Anfield, I'm looking up to that too for another three points. But good week, um, Arsenal, too. I think they tried, got a point. Uh, I did notice the game against Chelsea. They were getting very comfortable, thinking, "Oh, they won that game." Because I I saw uh, um, um doing slick pass at seven seventy minutes, thinking, "Oh, we are there," but <laughs> um, they busted their bubble. So, yeah, it's good that they are still on beating um Arsenal and Spurs. But let's see what happens. Um, tomorrow against um, for Tottenham. But a good week, generally. My my brother just dropped out, so I'm going to I'm going to take his role and introduce myself, and then uh, he's going to come back in because he, he's here. But let me just yeah, let me just uh, speak for the Arsenal contingents. Yeah, I mean it's good it's good to be back as well. Um, yeah, as Fulu said, you know it was like uh, touching on the game. It was it was good to to not lose that game. Um, it's disappointing because, like, obviously, well, obviously, would have liked to win, but you know, as as they always say, like in football, like if you cannot win, and if you're having like a bad game, a bad day, as as Arsenal did yesterday, just don't lose, you know. And uh, I'm happy that we didn't lose. Um, well, I th- we'll get into like the nitty gritty of the game and like the if Arsenal were bad and if Chelsea were good and blah 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 and well other games as well. But just in general, I'm just happy with the with the like. The resolve shown by the team, they were bad and they, um, they uh, they weren't up to the level, but they never like let Chelsea like run all over them. Because if it had been three, if they had been four, there was no chance of coming back, right? So they kept that two, and then well, they came back. So I'm really happy with that. And uh, yeah, it's disappointing not to win, of course, but like at the same time uh, happy. So yeah, bittersweet. Yeah, we can we can we can get into it. My brother's internet is uh is is going crazy though, so. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like talk for a little bit just uh, before he, he before he comes back in. Uh, let's start with you, Fulu. So Liverpool played against uh, Liverpool played against um, these guys yesterday. Everton yesterday they were the first game of the weekend. Uh, a two 0 victory, which I mean is 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 convincing. Um, Salah gets. I think Salah now is like the third highest goal scorer at home for Liverpool in Liverpool's history. I think he passed uh, Dalglish and. Uh, I think uh, Gerard, if I'm not mistaken, I think you'll correct me on that. But yeah, now he, his third goal scorer, like in Liverpool's history. Uh, talk to me about the game. Like, um, 
yeah, just talk to me about it. How did you feel going into the game? How did you feel at halftime? How did you feel with with the reaction of of your players of your front line? And just just yeah, run through it for me real quick. Um, very impressive game. I started watching that game around the fifteenth minute. Um, uh, it was it was it was very very interesting. I I could see that many of the players were a bit tired from the international uh duty but i was quite confident that one is armfield and uh of course salah is well um rested and um he didn't really do so much traveling but yeah. um but, but and also the the squad um i think the left back issue is something um i noticed that timis um, wasn't um lively enough but um, generally, it was a good game, decent game. The first half was kind of funny, uh, and the second half we just dominated the game. They had few touches in the box. It was worse because they had a man game. down now. They had a man down. Yeah, I've, I, from uh, I'm even checking it now from the 37th minutes. Gonsef. They even played like the whole half. Well, yes, like I said, that happens. It happens. And when you look at it, it's actually a yellow card. The two yellow cards that Ashley Young had. It's just that we could have gotten um, a, a red card too. However, these things actually happen because we've been on this. is the first time we're actually getting proper favor this season. So we have to enjoy it as, as long as it lasts. And uh, however the situation, Liverpool dominated that game. Red card, no red card, anything. We've also had red card for three, four times this season and dominated the game. I think it's just against Tottenham that we didn't couldn't dominate the game, and that was two red cards. So mm. it's still no excuse. Um, it was a very decent game, and um, we, we served every the whole three points. Um, so I'm curious. Better. I'm I'm curious about like your attack because you know you guys have I think for pound for pound for pound I think you have like the most stacked attack in the league. So you have obviously Salah who goes without saying. You have um Jota. You have Nunes. You have um Gakpo. You have uh, Diaz, and I might be forgetting one more. But you know I mean this is not my club. So Ben Duke. Ben Duke, exactly. Not, yeah. Um. Uh, so you have like six. Uh. What like iteration of this six is? Is best. I mean, obviously, excluding Salah because Salah is a mainstay. Because I, I'm not watching like Liverpool weekly, right? But I'm saying like Salah, and then one time is is Diaz and and uh, Gakpo, and then Nunes is coming on. Uh, I, I I don't know which is best for you guys. What would you say the answer to that is? Um, I I think at this stage, all of them are almost on the same stage. Of course, apart from Salah, who stands out. Um, when you look at Gakpo, it's more like uh. A control like can control games is good with um his first touch is good he can pass the ball i think it just depends on the style that club wants to you know take in each of those games because when you look at someone like Dan Minas is um runs into channels is very fast he's always running at defenders um um Jota is not exactly like that it's like a fox in the box very good finishing and all of that so it's just um, it's a blend of different types of players in that that up front. When Jota is can play multiple positions, I think it's basically just um Diaz and um Salah that sticks to the wings, but every other person there can play multiple positions. So um, very very decent. And Nogapo uh, is injured now, and um, Diaz had a lot of travel. So I think when Gakpo gets back, uh, that that would be very very interesting, and maybe likes of um, Sobos like can actually even play um, first night. And I'm not really first night. I think for for his country, he plays um, the left wing. Yes, mm. he plays yes, he plays up front, he plays wing, and um, for the former team, he played half of the season on the left wing, so he can actually play. Uh, either right wing or left wing behind the striker. He can also play all those positions and he can also play six to some level. I think he even play six better than McAllister. And um, when you look at the squad, there's, you know, 
the balance is coming in. It's just that I was expecting Endo to play to get a lot of playing time. He plays very nah. well for it's yes, gonna it's gonna get a run past like like crazy. Well, he doesn't have the legs for the the Premier League, when I don't think. But I think for for that rule, I think you do better than McAllister. McAllister is not that defensive. It's not that it's not a six. Endo is way better. When you look at what he plays for Japan, is is a monster in that midfield. Against <laughs> bro, you're not watching teams. Japanese games, bro. <laughs> no, no, but it's, it's decent. I think he, he should get more playing time. He should actually get more playing time. Yeah. He, he has not played. And you know, this is the first season. You can't just really... We, we need to give him some time and some credit, yeah. really. We really need to. And the only way he can uh, make that impact... Because we had... Uh, 30 Spina. years old. James Miller was way old and James Miller had almost 25 um, appearances last season and maybe 20 a season before. So, really, I think he can actually still play some games and be decent. So, but so far, um, the attack seems very decent. It's great. Hopefully, Salah doesn't get injured. He really gets injured. You know? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, yes. he's as durable as, as they come, really. Let's touch on Man U before we go to that game. Um, Lisa, take us through the game. You guys, another win again. What's up? Another win again. This is Sheffield we're talking about too. I do not think that they've won any um, any of their matches so far, apart from the draw that they had against Everton. Yeah. But so you if, have to we, grind if out we had not won that game, and that's all, if we had not won that game, then we, we, we would have probably, you know, start we would have started counting Eric and actually. Eric's days at United because that was a game that was hoped for grab. Like, we cannot win Sheffield. Then, what are we doing in Premier League? I mean, who, who can we beat if we do not beat Sheffield United? Uh, but, Jesus, we did not play well. I'm not going to lie. Like, Sheffield actually dominated us maybe in the first half. And even when we got into the game in the second half, we did not really, we, we did not even know what to do with the, um, the ball. Like, I know we had a couple of chances, but we didn't really make them count. So in a way, when I watched that game, I was I was looking at how we're going to if that was how we're going to set up against it. I'm happy for anyways, I'm happy for Maguire because he seems to be, you know, doing something right now. He actually won the man of the match performance. Uh, that was a shocking discovery for me. Uh, yeah, and that that lose goal was it was it was it was mad. I, it was not the fact that McTominay, you know, that was celebrated that everybody was looking at as a hero, you know, the star boy. I knew I was going to get rewarded after the performance. I mean, coming on to score two goals, I knew Eric, Eric was going to play him. And then he got to go, and then he was the culprit for the penalty. It's no same thinking player would have his hand out, be his hand out like that in the box. Uh, it, it didn't make sense to me, but almost good thing they were able to grind that result because if they are not, <laughs> the whole world would have been asking Eric questions, honestly. Ah, uh, I don't know if it's the back line, but everything is not it's not looking fine at all. We were we were looking better last season compared to this season. I don't know what's going on. I, I really can't explain it. Because a striker, but the striker self, we're not really seeing it. We've not felt him so far. Maybe in the Champions League, yes, but in the Premier League. I, I don't know. I don't know. Some persons will tell you that maybe we should have gone for Oli Watkins. Cause look at that! What look at what um um Unaimi has turned him into. That guy is just scoring goals. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, Eric had better get his, his axe right because let's this weekend is City, and hey. we they beat us six. They scored us six goals last season. I'm thinking it might be more than that this season. Because if we're going to okay, we're going to be having a pairing of Evans and Maguire, Omo. I, I I I probably would not even be here to analyze that game. <laughs> Bro, but no, jokes apart. Like, listen, Ewa, when last did you guys like play well? As in, like, you, you had a game plan. It you, was you that Crystal Palace game. Field. That Crystal Palace game. That Carabao Cup where we won 3 0. That's the only game I can point at. That, okay, United actually played well. Like, they dominated more. Like, the first half, the second half, they did really. That's the only game I can this my chest and say, yes really good. But all others, no. Now, it's, it's not been convincing at all. The Burnley game, 
the Wolves game. Um, uh, which one against the Wolves? I can't even remember right now because I don't know. The Brentford game, no. It was just uh, Matkumi that just came out. Nothing, nothing special. Nothing. So, I don't know. A lot of persons, they've all signed out um, from United and everything related to United. And let's just, um, maybe I, I, I need to why it's also talk about this takeover. I'm sorry, the sale. Because they said they were going to hold the meeting with um, Sergeant um, Radcliffe or whatever. And I don't know if that meeting happens. So, I really don't understand what is going on with the club. And I don't know. Hey, why do you want to well, take that? What's the update on that? Uh, well, in, uh, I think there was a, there was a, a meeting. The directors had a meeting on Thursday, and um, according to what I, because I, I got someone sent me the sort of like the details of the meeting. I don't think I think the the, the Jim Rackle situation was only was only mentioned. It wasn't like you know delved into. But from what I gathered, it seems that. Takeover is gonna take a couple of months. Uh, we're looking at before January. Uh, in terms of, uh, I believe um, um, Elizabeth asked about um, if that if uh, Radcliffe had a meeting with Ten Hag. So, uh, I believe they had a meeting even before this takeover. And what we're hearing is um, Jim Radcliffe might look to change the the director of football. So um, perhaps more talk might might be fired. Um, I believe he has the right right hand man. He usually works with. He's going to bring the person from uh, Nice. The person also worked with uh, Discovery UK, I believe. Uh, sorry for the background noise, please. So um, so in terms of Jim Ratcliffe, I think that's going to take a while. First things first. Second, he might change the director of football. I don't think Eric Tenag's job is. Uh, is at risk at the moment. Yeah, I believe it's safe. Are you sure it's not? Now. I thought they said what? that he might probably bring back the same Chelsea's Chelsea's former former coach. Oh, um, it's, it's, uh, uh, yeah, uh, that, that's a rumor. That's a rumor. I saw that in the Sunday uh, okay, okay. uh But I, I don't I don't know how, how possible that is. Personally, I feel Ted Hag will still be in charge of United at the end of the season, irrespective of what happens. I think he's going to have it. But the performances are not speaking well for him now. I mean, what? Ah, okay, like, like I said, like I said a couple of weeks ago, uh, you can't you can't isolate the fact that the squad is not we don't have a full squad. Um, we still have our defense is still in shambles. You can see that even the four defenders that played yesterday are not our starting four. Our starting four ideally would be one Bissaka, Varane, Lisandro, and Luke Shaw. So our starting four are not even available. Uh. For Luke Shaw's position, you have Malasia and uh, Rigolon as his backup. Those two are not available. So Lindelof had to play left back. Right? The backup for... Um, hello? So the backup for um, Varane, ideally, should be Lindelof, right? But Lindelof now has to play at the, at the left. So you have Maguire playing for... You have Maguire and Evans. Is that, that's not an ideal defence. Ideally, you'd have Casemiro in that midfield yesterday. There was no Casemiro, so you can't, you can't, you know, overlook the fact that we've not had a fit. Okay, what about our attackers? Like, I mean, let's not let's forget about our defense. What about the attackers? Are they not complete? So, oh, first things first. I think. Well, I mean, Rashford, Rashford papered a lot of deficiencies last season. Like I always say. Yeah, the fact that Rashford was scoring lots of goals covered up the fact that we had issues in attack. And as you can see, um, Tenag has tried to solve those issues by signing Ireland. But for some reason... What what issue does that solve, though? What? What issue was that meant to solve and what issue is that solving right now? Uh, A 20-year-old striker. Yeah, I think ideally I, I I wouldn't try to solve United's problem by signing a twenty year old because I don't know that that doesn't make any sense to me. I would have preferred signing Oiland and another striker so that you know you have this young dude and you have the more mature person they working together. I don't even mind if the second striker is a thirty year old as long as I know he's just going to be there for a couple of years while while Oiland you know get, gets to that level. But unfortunately, we have Oiland. And he's been performing well. I see the efforts. I see the energy in the kid. 
The problem is Rashford is not in form, so Rashford is not scoring, he's not assisting, he's just running into cool sacks. On the right side, uh, we had the issue with Sancho, we had the issue with Anthony. Anthony is back now, same old, same old, no improvement, just change of hair. Um, <laughs> so, the, so you can see the problems. The problems are just, you know, so it's, it's you can get why we're not in form. So it's not like the old squad is fit and we're really struggling mm. or something. So, but we played Sheffield yesterday in my like, even if we do not have the best players, we played yeah. Sheffield United yesterday. Look, at the moment, you would think that moment, at least look, <laughs> look at the moment, this is United, this is United now. We need to stop looking at oh, it's United, we're supposed to boss these guys. United, right now, is just a team trying to get three points. That's why someone was having a go at McTominay yesterday. Oh, McTominay is not good. He had just eight passes, six. But I'm like, dude, McTominay is there right now on current form. The current form of McTominay right now is that he's scoring goals. So, trust me, Eric Tenard does not care about how many passes he throws. He just wants him there to score a goal. And he but, but anyway, anyway, just sorry yeah. to cut you off. But, like, I, I cannot buy it. The reason why I cannot buy it for me is because, like, look, I think uh, the I think managers are not managers. I think you're giving my uh Ten Hag way too much leeway, way too much leeway. And exactly. the, reason I say that, the reason why I say that is because, like, look, injuries are one thing, right? And injuries like will affect like your your selection, uh, your, your personal and, and all that. And it's like if you have a boatload of injuries, which United do, I cannot like look past that fact that it's going to affect you. But if you're looking at United from when Ten Hag has been here from last season, you cannot pinpoint to me a game that has been like, okay. Ten Hag has coached this team and Ten Hag has coached this attack and is able to do this goal that United scored. They have done it three, four, five times, like meaning that it is, is repeatable and is a repeatable pattern. You never see like a, a, a pattern of play from United where it's like, oh my God, you know, even if it's a cutback, even if it's 4 4 2, get the ball into the box and cross it to Ireland. Nothing like that appears for United. So just saying like, oh, uh, you know, this guy dropped off, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Like Lindelof is not out or Shaw is not out and Lindelof has to has to go there. And that's why like uh, the team is poor. I cannot, I cannot. I agree with you 100%. And I, the reason why, that's why I said last season, our deficiencies were papered over by Rashford's form. So now that there's no form, there's no Rashford, those things are, especially the offensive deficiencies, they're really coming out now. But the issue is this. Since since Sir Alex Ferguson left, retired, we've had different minds. We've, we've had Moyes. Uh, Giggs was interim, so I won't count Giggs. We've had Louis Van Gaal. We've had Mourinho. We've had uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Uh, we've had um, RR. Now we have Eric Hag. We need to wait. We need to give these managers time. We need to stop firing managers after two seasons, after one season. We need to stop that because I, I'm beginning to think that might be the problem because you bring a new manager in, he, he wants to get rid of the players of the old manager and bring in his own players. And then you have all these transfer issues. Now, don't get me wrong. Tenag has spent money. When people come and say, okay, look, Tenag spent 80 million on Anthony. Tenag spent, uh, what, 60 million on Mason Mount, 55 million on Onana. Like, 70 million people, on, on Casemiro, 31 year yeah, on Casemiro. Yeah, and people are like, oh, we're spending so much. I'm like, look, the problem with United is not just the manager, it's the old structure. There should be a structure there that tells every Tenaga you can't spend 70 million on Casemiro. There's no, there's no, we don't have that. There should be a system that says, look, you can't spend 70 million on Casemiro. Instead of spending seventy million on Casemiro, spend fifty million on Douglas Luiz. They should okay, okay, system. that's true, and that is why you, as well as United fans, say Glazers out because that that top down yeah. structure is non-existent. It's not but, there. But he has spent the money. He has spent the money on these players. So those are his players. So let's remove the fact that the structure doesn't exist to guide his 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 transfer strategy. It doesn't yeah. exist. So now he's actually made those transfers. He's brought in those players. And you still cannot say what is a, a ten hard pattern of play. It's 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 on uh what's the word what's the English word I'm looking for? It's undefensible for me. It's yeah, I agree with you. it's two hundred million. Yeah. I look the, when when uh, Ateta first came, bro, he had to he was poor and I was I, I was I think I don't know if I started this podcast then, but I was telling my brother like bro, the reason why I cannot like I don't ride with Ateta is because like 
he has no like uh he has no uh past body of rock for me to say like this guy is going to turn it around but the reason why a lot of people rocked that is because they saw some tax off flexibility so in the first in the first like his first term year he did a three five so was it three four three where Aubameyang was like doing a doing wing wing uh play whatever and they would try and build the ball up from the right switch it to the left and we scored boatload of goals from that we won the FA Cup with that tactic Next season, I think we switched up to like a 4-3-3 and did a 4-3-2-1. He's always switched up trying to like make stuff happen with the players that he's had. And now he's he's found his formation and like, you know, we're quote-unquote a good team. But it's like he has been able to be flexible with his tools. Ten Hag is like a player that is a manager that has an unlimited resources of tools. And granted, like these guys are not guiding like his, 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 his transfers. But he's brought in these players and like I said at the beginning, you cannot point me to a Ten Hag like toxic that will say, ah, Ten Hag did this. I, I can't defend. I'm not a United fan, but if I was, I would not be able to defend it. So that's why I, I, I'm pushing back on what you say because I feel like you're defending his his incapacity. He should not be the manager of United, for real. For me. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know about him being not being United manager, but... um. If you look at his history, I mean, he won titles at Ajax. He he did guide Ajax to the semi-finals of the Champions League. So he he's a competent manager. I think it's just like I said, uh, this season, I will give him a pass based on the injuries. Uh, last season, no matter what you say, United finished third. Well, he did, he did do well last season. So you scored like that, fifty goals. Well, I mean, he had to improve the attack side, and that's why we spent another 70 million on Willon. But you're right, I mean, it's alarming because sometimes you see how United play. There's a difference when okay, you're playing well and you're losing games, and you're like, okay, maybe the guys just need to be luckier. But right now, we're winning on luck, we're winning on moments, moments where someone takes a good shot, someone just has the instincts to go forward and just nod a corner in. And all those kind of stuff. You get what I'm saying? We're not winning because okay, with with we're trading 36 passes and we're scoring. You get what I'm saying? We're winning because of moments, moments of genius from Dalo yesterday, uh, two weeks ago. Uh, well, what what's his name? McTominay we've been inspired. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, it was a good pass from Evans for Bruno and a, a good shot. So it's always been moments like. This is the genius who takes the moment. It's not gameplay. It's not that it's not like we're overwhelming our opposition. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. When you see a team that is good, even when they lose, you see what's up. You know that okay, these people lost because they were unlucky. Or the, the opponents just took their chances. Not because they didn't control the game, they didn't have a good game plan and all that. But what we have right now is United not having a game plan, and that is very worrying. You're right. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. Um, again, I don't know if my brother is here or not, but I, I feel like we have to talk about like the the Chelsea United game, uh, Chelsea United, Chelsea Arsenal game. Um, on the group chat yesterday, like the semantics of like the game were uh, debated because I was saying like, bro, it's not it's not a bad result to go to um to go to Chelsea away and draw. And uh, Ramsey and, and you, where you were like, "Oh, it, it is a bad result." And, and uh, um, like I said, my brother is not here, so I would not be able to. Uh, he, I, I would just like do a monologue on it, and then Ay, you can come in on it. But basically, like the reason why I say that is because, like, at the beginning of um, like the season or whatever, people are always like, you know, when you're doing your 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 benchmarking, you're like, "Oh, United away, you might lose there." Uh, you'd be lucky to, you'll be good, you'll be happy with a draw and then you'll be ecstatic if you get like a win. And I think that's the same for Liverpool, uh, Chelsea, Tottenham, all these teams in and around you. And for Man City, it's like a, you, you're hoping to get at least one draw, uh, one win, right? But like, so for me, I'm like, I think people are disrespecting Chelsea a little bit uh, to say like, oh, it's disappointing to go there and uh, and lose and, and not win. Because like, also in the game itself, Aston were good. Like that's not true. Uh, let me let me take that back. Aston were not bad. 
is a is a better way to say it. They were sloppy at the beginning, and you know Chelsea got the got the got the penalty, which I don't think was a penalty. But like I mean semantics, I mean like the letter of law says that's a penalty, but then that's ridiculous. And then they had one shots from outside the box from Cole Palmer in the first half, and then they had like the the goal from Mudrik in the second half. And apart from that, uh, I think there was also the one from Rea uh, in the second half where he passed to Palmer, and then I think there was one last Sterling pass to Jackson whereby. Uh, Ra catches it from Jackson's feet. But those were like half chances being made. And apart from that, like they didn't like test Ra. I don't think Ra had to make a save in the game, except from when he was like, you know, putting us on the edge of our seats. So, you know, when people are going about saying like, oh my God, like, bro, Chelsea were like, uh, were, were so much better than Arsenal. I'm like, bro, it, it wasn't it wasn't true, bro. Arsenal were okay. They were unlucky to be a goal down. And uh, two goals down, and they came back from from like the the deficits, and they didn't. As I said at the beginning, like if you cannot win, do not lose, and that's like you know, it's not. It's a cliche to say like that's the sign of champions because you know, it's a cliche, and also because we're not champions yet. But uh, I feel like that's a little bit of a champion trait to have to be to to go down to that and to not be in a situation whereby it's three nil, four nil, five nil. Like you stay in the game, and then you uh you you come back to it to to at least get like a draw. Uh Ewa, I'm going to I'm going to bring you into this. Like why did you think it was a bad result? Uh well I mean you know a couple of weeks ago Chelsea were struggling to even get a point. And um they got a break with the I think was it Bournemouth and Fulham games. So coming into the game yesterday, especially after the way Arsenal defeated Man City, I'm sure the average Arsenal fan expected a win yesterday. And an evidence of that is the fact that Arsenal were able to come back from being two goals down. So you know that had Arsenal been more, you know, intense from the beginning, had they been more, uh, you know, you know what I mean, all the sloppy mistakes they made, like Raya getting coming off his line and all that. It was, these were three points, you know, two points thrown away. It's, it's just the truth. Because everyone knows Chelsea are not informed. Chelsea, I mean, Jackson, Chelsea are not, informed. At, this at Jackson, no, no, they are informed based on two weeks. They're based on like the last six months. Chelsea have been horrible. I don't, I don't see any big team playing Chelsea right now. I'm scared because everyone knows they've got a lot, of, lot, lots of problems. There's no confidence in that squad. They struggle to score. They don't have a, 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 a top scorer. I mean, why why wouldn't Arsenal get three points from that game? I mean, eventually, yeah, a point is not a bad result. Historically, historically, Arsenal getting a point against Chelsea is not bad. But based on the last six months, even based on the fact that Arsenal were able to come back by just being being more more you know being more intense in the last what 15, 20 minutes, they were able to get a point from that game. And I can bet if there were extra ten minutes to go, Arsenal would have won. So it was a sloppy loss. I don't think Arsenal. I mean, it's two points lost, but I guess in the in the in the in the larger scheme of things, it evens it evens out, right? Perhaps Arsenal were not expecting to win City, and then now they 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 beat City, and then they drop points against Chelsea. So these things just even even themselves out eventually. And personally, to me, I think it was a loss. Say that again. You you think it was? A, what do you think was a loss? As in, I, I think. It was two points, two points lost. Not, oh, okay. not, exactly, not, not one point gained. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Just because I just feel like if you're going to any like big six side, anyone, I just feel like you're going there and you're saying, and if, if they tell you beforehand that you're going to come Can out touch the, on something. No, but, yeah. but, that's, but that's the point. Chelsea, Chelsea are no longer a top a top sixteen based on last season. They're no longer a top sixteen. Yeah, not right, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I get that. I get that. My brother wants to say something. Oh, he's back now. Oh, I guess he's not back now. Um, okay, okay. Um, let's move to the let's move to the Bobby Charlton uh subject. I mean, I feel like we should we should have touched on this uh, in the United section, but uh, I, I feel like probably we're at the end of the football for the week, so we can touch um on the Bobby Charlton thing and I think I mean AY obviously you're the you're the United fan in the house but I'll just read out like his stats real quick um because I mean this is like 
is not just a it's not just a Bobby Child. It's not just a United centric um, topic. I think this is like it touches on all like you know football. This is a legend of the game. So he played for obviously United English Football Hall of Fame. Seven hundred and fifty eight matches, two hundred and forty nine goals. 160, 106 matches for England, 49 goals for England. Obviously, he won the World Cup, First Division, FA Cup, European Cup. Uh, he won the First Division three times. Uh, he also won Ballon d'Or um, in 1965-66, Golden Ball in 1966, um, Footballer of the Year 1966, 1966, and then he was knighted. Uh, who wants to go on this? Because obviously, this is way before any of our time, but it's closer to you guys' time than mine. My brother, do you want to touch on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he was arguably the greatest um, English player ever, winning a World Cup, was one of the survivors of the Busby Babes, and we know about the tragic crash that happened, you know, M Munich and stuff. And he won a couple of youth FA Cups. He was a legend of the game. He, won he was the world best player too. Um, he was a great player. You know, you, of course, we all didn't see his matches live. We just saw the highlights. And we were very impressed, and I'm I'm very glad that um, he lived the he, he, he won three youth FA cups, and he was one of those guys that were should I say the pioneers of of Manu being what Manu the Manu brand, and he lived that Manu brand. Yeah, he dabbled into coaching here and there. It wasn't great, but um, and he left it real quick. But he was a manual ambassador for many years, and he was, um, you know, he was one of those people who were the great advocates for Sir Alex when, in his first three, four seasons, he didn't win any trophies, and when by the time Sir Alex started winning trophies, he just couldn't stop. Um, the English will really, really, really be excited that. Um, Sir Bobby Charlton, you know, rightly knighted for his work in sports, in football especially. Um, he showed that class, showed that quality. He was a gentleman and he lived he lived a very good life. So, Lashek, your take. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, as all you say and all of that, I do, you know, obviously, I'm not a United fan, so it's like, it's this is a legend of United, so it's kind of like um hard for a, a fan of another club to like know about that person as much as you would do your own legend, right? I don't, like I know more about like uh, Pat Rice, for example, than like a United fan or David Dean than a United fan who know about like David Dean, for example, just kind of thing. But I mean, it's obviously someone that that's you know, obviously he was like the founding father of like United, as we know. It's obviously after. I've said the the Munich uh, air disaster, and he was like one of the the few survivors. And then he, I mean, almost metaphorically and like you know in in spirit, spiritually, kind of like build the club up again, uh, with with his exploits. So obviously, it's a great loss for the for United as as an organization, but like just the wider English and uh, yeah global football audience. And just as an aside, and on, on a larger note, it's just. I think about it sometimes, you know, like Ferguson is is nearly 80. Um, Wenga is, is in his mid-70s, if I'm not mistaken. And it's like, it's just very sad to think of that, you know, one day and it's probably close that, you know, they wouldn't be here with us um, any longer. And it's like, it, it's really, it really gets me, especially Wenga, you know, it's like, Wenga feels like one of those, like, people that's, it doesn't, so I wouldn't say, I, I, I wouldn't see if it feels like I feel for me, he's like one of those people that is like you've you've never met him, you don't know him, but it's like a it's like a distant fatherly figure, you know, in your uncle figure, whatever, whatever paternal figure you want to you want to talk about for for um for for fans around the world. And especially for me, because like somebody that you just grew up with. So yeah, it's just like I said, on the larger points, it's gonna be really sad, you know, when Ferguson, Wenger. Um, this older gen, you know, um, they 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 kind of they they're kind of are not with us uh, any longer. But yeah, just in general, um, yeah, my regards to everybody connected with United. Um, yeah, it's 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 a sad day. Well, it's not today. I think it was yesterday. But yeah, just in general, it's a sad time for for them at the club. And yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully they can they can um, they can honor his memory with 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 bringing back success to the club.
All right. Um, shifting from a sad note, um, let's let's segue to one. Let's touch one or two games outside of the Premier League. Bayern continue to win. The two Bayerns continue to win. Leverkusen, we've talked about Jabi Alonso a couple of episodes ago. Um, they are doing great things. Our boy continues to also do great things as Victor Boniface. Jabi Alonso's Bayern Leverkusen continue to do great things. Harry Kane continues to score. They won 3-1 over the weekend. Congratulations to them. Um, moving to Italy, you know. It's crazy how the Italian league is, you know, it's hot, it's heating up nicely. It's going to, on like last season when, you know, Napoli's title win was was almost a procession, but we really have a title race on our hands. Um, Inter Milan won. Um, AC Milan, Ju Juventus is, is ongoing. I don't know what the scores is right now. Scores right now, I got zero, to check zero. it. Zero, zero. Okay, Napoli also won over the weekend. You know, um, I I don't think our boy Oshiman played in that game, um, but um, um, it's just funny how the leagues just keep on, you know, oscillating between a year of dominance and a year where there'll be a proper title race. Now, segueing to let's. Um, I think it's the best. Happened. It's the best. Like it's the best version, though. Like nobody wants yeah. uh, to. Well, you know, the Bayern level dominance. You know. Um, nobody wants a Man City level dominance. I think it's best when it's like last season was Napoli, the season before was AC Milan, the season before it was Inter, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was Inter. I think it was Inter. Uh, and then it's been like obviously Juventus, you know, seven, eight years ago where they had like the long streak. But I think like this one now that is moving between three, it makes it more interesting. And, and just generally, I think like the Serie A is probably the best like value for money in terms of entertainment in uh, on the scene right now obviously the premier league was trying to like take that that crown but i think it might be the Serie A. so yeah i want to want to watch for the the football purists out there okay did tottenham win today or they are playing okay they are playing tomorrow they're playing tomorrow against fulham fulham okay um let's la liga sevilla real madrid 1-1 the return of should I say the return? Okay, because it wasn't it wasn't Benabou, it was a Sevilla. Um, it, it, it's good to see Ramos the way he. I like the way he wears any jersey, whatever jersey he's wearing. You know, he's full blooded, and it was a fascinating game. What uh, are you saying? You like his aura? Yeah, I like his aura. I've always liked. <laughs> I've always liked the thuggish thing about Ramos, almost the thuggish. Almost the he whole. He just has tattoos that is awesome, bro. That's, <laughs> that's yeah. it. Man. It's just because it's awesome and has tattoos, man. It's not like he's he's, yeah, he's not he more thuggish than like anybody else, you know. Yeah, I understand, but because he also the way he protects his own, at least on the pitch, you know, you know, you see a leader and you see, a, you know, you you just feel like. Ramos is a rock star on the pitch and he's also a leader. He's also a um, defender in terms of his people and whatever jersey he's wearing. He's obviously, we know he started from Sevilla, moved to Madrid, then PSG and back to Sevilla. And of course, the story is very romantic, you know, but it was a draw and it was a score draw, 1-1. It was, it, was it was an okay game, not a great game, not a great game of quality. But there was a lot of fights. There was a lot of um, enthusiasm about the game. There was a lot of um, endeavor. So it, uh, the the purists of football won't have enjoyed it in terms of if they wanted to see football being knocked around or football being played at a very breathtaking pace. It, that game wasn't it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, I saw the highlights and... Uh... Yeah, the, I think the the high the highlights was probably the the skirmish, or the skirmishes with uh, well involving Ramos as you as you say with uh, um yeah Vinicius and Rudiger and Co. Um, obviously it would be remiss if we didn't talk about like the 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 racial incidents that's once again is is has plagued uh La Liga, and well Vinicius being at the the center of it. Unfortunately for him, and unfortunately for uh well. Yeah, just 
the 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 people, right? The people, um, the people that look like Phoenicians. Um, yeah, it's sad, man. But it, you know what? I we don't we don't we don't need to talk about that. I think like our words have been said, and it's enough. And uh, it's up to like the the governing bodies to uh to to take a stand. It's funny because like um in the RDVZ they've put this thing to protect players. Like if one thing is thrown on the pitch, they stop the game. And uh, I think a couple of weeks ago there was this like it was it was Ajax against the uh, Fire Lord, and uh, I think there was like a cup, a cup, a, a, a plastic cup, like the <laughs> disposable plastic cup it was thrown on the side of the pitch, not on the pitch, like outside of the lines, and they stopped the. I think they they had a like a brief like it was 13, 15 minutes of like trying to find out who did it, and then saying like if that happens again, we're stopping the game. And uh, it happened again, and then they stopped the game. And I think also this week it happened again in Ajax, uh, on an Ajax game, but it was away at Utrecht. And uh, Plastic Cup as well was thrown on the pitch, and they stopped the game. And it's like, the reason why I bring up that point is because if if a, if an organization and a league is serious about like implementing change, they would do it. They, the Eredivisie wants to protect players from like, you know, projectiles being thrown onto the pitch and hitting them. So they stop it. They say that they're going to stop it if anything comes on the pitch. So imagine like how much um, part that, how much like uh, um, change they're bringing into a game just because of small things like plastic cups. Why can't the Syria, uh, the La Liga, do the same for something as serious as racism, for example? Um, can I say something? Yeah. Can I say something? In in you know in this conversation, I, I you know. You keep you've said this before, and what you're saying is totally not wrong. Like I said, until play until clubs and fans are are getting um um how will I say getting hit in the pocket, they won't stop. And I don't mean paying ten thousand pounds, fifty thousand, but even one million pounds, I don't think the fans would care about it. But if there's a racist incident at your stadium, you lose 10 points or five points. However, it is the total points of, you know, in your season, we're going to remove five to 10 points or whatever it is. Trust me, it will die. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. So, but that's on the that's on the football association in Spain or in England or wherever to make that uh, to make that judgment. The point is like they just don't. Whether it's a monetary fine or it's a point uh, deduction, the point is that they just don't. And they put out a statement and they say, we as uh, Sevilla, we as Real Madrid condemn this action and we're working with the officials to the, the, the officials to find the perpetrator. And it's like, what, what, what are we doing here, man? In a division, they threw a cop, they stopped the game. They stopped that's the game. That's a template, man. <laughs> You know, that bro, that stuff is on ChatGPT, man. They just copy it and then just put in insert name here, <laughs> and they just put they just put it out. If they want to stop it, they would. Uh, so it's really sad that they don't because it's like, <laughs> anyways, anyways, like there's not much more to be said that hasn't been said. Um, like I said, that the reason why I bring up that that already visit thing is just because it can be done. So I, I see no reason why they don't do it and. Them not doing it shows where their priorities are. But yeah, let's move on. Well, um, um, the best player over the last two, let's say, over the last eighteen months in La Liga has, to me, has been Griezmann, and it was good that he got a hat trick yesterday. Your take on that? I'll be real with you. I'm not following the La Liga as, as I should be. Uh, because the games are always on when during like uh during Premier League games, but last season or so for some reason like the games always used to be on like, around like eight nine or uh, on Saturdays and Sundays, but now it's like it's it's like midday uh or like what well, midday I mean like actual during the Premier League game, so I'm not watching it. Uh, so I just see the highlights. Uh, you kind of just like follow it in passing, and you hear about um, yeah, what what's uh what this guy is doing, and I think I think probably Atletico has probably been the best team in in La Liga. I mean, I'm not saying this from any place of pure uh, authority on La Liga. Let me just check that real quick. Uh, no, Madrid is Real Madrid is top, but we are talking about like the best like football being played is probably in the Atletico. Funny enough, Girona is second. I did not know that. That's crazy. Uh, but anyways, um, yeah, 
uh, Griezmann is, is putting his city on his back. Uh, it's funny because like Griezmann has been at Atletico and Barca, and he's never won the he's never won the he's never won the La Liga, and it feels like this season is he's really trying to like you know drive his team there. So hopefully for him, I hope he wins this. I really like like when players kind of gets that thing that has eluded them in their careers. Uh, Griezmann with the La Liga. Marco Royce with the Bundesliga. I don't think he's ever going to get it, but I, I'm I'm hoping that he does. Um, that 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 kind of story is really romantic in football. So hopefully he gets it. And uh, yeah, I, just as 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 an aside, I'll make a more concerted effort to to follow that league because I think it's it's also quite interesting. All right. Um, today is just going to be on. Um, you know, we're rounding up. We've rounded by rounding this up with. This is just going to be a pure football, um, show tonight. Probably next week or during the week if we have another episode. Um, this is between the lines. Um, we had a full house. A lot of people had to go because of one or two other things. Hopefully, my network next week will be much better. <laughs> and the next episode. Um, thank you very much, Ola Shego. Thank you very much for having me. It's it's uh, it's your network is crazy, but you know, like like I said before, and I'll continue to say, man, this is this is Tinubu's Nigeria. So all of you that voted for him, this is this is your this is your network <laughs> that, that you're saying, man. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no, it's good to be here, and uh, we'll see you next week. Oh, oh, we didn't talk about it. It's actually Champions League this week, so um, we would um, are we gonna do a put like in the middle of the week? Yeah, yeah, we'll. Definitely. Yeah, okay. We'll have a midweek pod for like the Champions League and then obviously on the weekend. So we'll see you guys during the week and then uh, at the weekend. Uh, For now, uh, enjoy the week and talk later. Yeah.